The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, 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 it's Egg Bowl week. Thanksgiving night, Ole Miss and Mississippi State will face off in what has inarguably become the biggest game for both programs. That's sad, but that's what it is. Today's guest on the Modern Women phone line is Keith Carter, now full-time Ole Miss Athletics Director. I tried to ask every question I thought you, the Ole Miss fan, would want answered. I did my best. Hey, Colin. So did you just go to Keith and be like, hey, are you going to fire Matt Luke? Is that how that went? I effectively asked him if there was any <laughs> result from Thursday that would change his mind on Matt Luke. I was being a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a four and six football team or four and seven football team. I mean, with coaches making millions of dollars, when you produce that kind of results, uh, the criticism comes and, and those questions are open and, and certainly fair. I also asked him about the process. It's the third national search that ultimately resulted in Ole Miss hiring the guy down the hall. But you and I have touched on it last week. Keith Carter is far more qualified for the job that he ultimately got than Glenn Boyce ever was for being chancellor and Matt Luke ever was for being head coach of Ole Miss football. So I understand if you're frustrated by the searches, but Keith Carter, I think, will do a good job. I think he can go a long way in shoring up some fans that have gone away. But ultimately, what's going to be his early legacy, at least, is how he handles the Matt Luke issue. Not necessarily at the end of the year, which is unless Ole Miss gets into a bowl via the APR route after Thanksgiving, but 2020. What's his approach to 2020? I asked him about all of these things. He'll join us on the Modern Women phone line in about 10, 15, 20 minutes. But first, before we really get going here, let me tell you about my bookie and impact by Ironwood. Attention, past, present, and future my bookie players. For this week only, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. 
Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250, and if you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well, because my bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player, a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is if you join now, you still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag, that's mybookie.ag, and make your first deposit with promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure to do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Looking at the Egg Bowl, what are your thoughts? Look, it's it's two teams coming into this with losing records. One team's fighting for bowl eligibility. I guess both teams technically are fighting for bowl eligibility. One is fighting for more certain bowl eligibility. Um, look, it's it's two football teams that aren't very good. It's two teams that have struggled to throw the football. Um, it's two teams that have, frankly, uh, underperformed this season, um, albeit for different reasons. I think Ole Miss can move the football on Mississippi State, and I think there's a scenario where Ole Miss is able to shut down Mississippi State. If you made me guess today, I think Ole Miss wins a two- to three-point game, but Honest to God, there's not really any result that you could tell me that happens on Thursday, and I'm shocked. I lean towards Ole Miss winning the game, but there's that part of me, that cynic in me, that looks at the fact that Matt Luke has lost every winnable game. Basically two years in a row. Loyal listener to the program, Jamez, there's 78 bowls, 72 bowl-eligible teams as of today. We're recording on this Monday. 13 teams are one win away. And of those 13, seven are underdogs in their upcoming games, not including Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But you made a good point when we were talking off the air about Ohio. Really, there's 73 bowl-eligible teams. So if you're looking at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and their bowl chances, you're talking about like the Independence Bowl, the Liberty Bowl. But Ohio ranks higher than Ole Miss in the APR standings, correct? Yes, and Ohio already has five wins. Now, Ohio is going to win tomorrow more than likely and get to six. But even if they lose... They are in a higher standing APR-wise than Ole Miss. So if you're trying to do the math, go ahead and include them. What is the attendance like if Ole Miss wins the Egg Bowl and gets in via APR to the Independence Bowl? That used to be the Ole Miss game. Oof. I have so many good memories in Shreveport. And, and this is the God's honest truth. This is not me being a smartass. I promise. This is the God's honest truth. Deuce McAllister on the onside kick. I've asked Deuce about that countless times. He's been on this podcast so many times. Good friend of the program, Deuce McAllister. That is the David Cutcliffe Bowl. He owned that bowl. One year, 
Ole Miss had a better record than Alabama. Seven wins to six wins for Alabama, but the Independence Bowl picked Alabama and Ole Miss did not go bowling with seven wins because Ole Miss had been to the Independence Bowl so many times. <laughs> that is yeah. the Ole Miss Bowl. What would the attendance be? I don't think it'd be good, and I think there's a multitude of reasons to go into that. Um, attendance is down across the country compared to, you know, back then. Frankly, there's a lot of fan apathy, like five and seven bowl team. I mean, I, I just don't think it would be, no offense to our friend Bunky, but, you know, Shreveport's not exactly a destination. So I, I don't think it would be great. See, that's the issue Keith Carter's going to have to deal with right off the jump. I've been around Ole Miss for 34 years. I have never seen fan apathy this bad. They're not even pissed anymore. And when fans are numb to the success or lack thereof of the program in which they give their money and put their butts in the seats for, that's when you're in the danger zone. And Keith Carter, as the interim, was allowed by Larry Sparks to work in full autonomy. He was told, go do the job. And he made what he thought was the best decision as far as Mike Bianco is concerned by not rolling over his contract. Now, I can disagree with that and say that half measures are not the way to go. But he was the interim. Maybe he tried to thread that needle as best he could. But when you don't roll over the contract of a coach like a Mike Bianco, that hurts them recruiting-wise, the negative recruiting that comes against them from competing schools. Those schools are saying to those recruits, whoever they're trying to get, their school doesn't believe in him. Do you really want to go play for a school to where he's probably not going to be there next year? But now that he's the full-time AD, what do you do with Matt Luke? If Mike Bianco, and you cited Omaha, was the goal, not getting there enough, what do you do about rolling over Matt Luke's contract? Because I know you want to finish strong in recruiting. You said it in your introductory press conference. Recruiting, finishing strong, to do that, you got to roll over the contract. And you say you believe in Matt Luke. What do you do? This is a results-oriented business. Joe Moorhead is probably coaching his last game as head coach of Mississippi State on Thanksgiving. If he wins the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State will be what? Six and six. And he's still gone. Ole Miss will be four and eight. Matt Luke will have gone six and six, five and seven, four and eight. That program is saying six and six isn't good enough. And you keep your coach at four and eight. How do you sell that? Keith is going to go out there and get in front of people and try to sell Ole Miss. And that's the biggest issue he faces day one. Yeah, I think that's going to be, a, frankly, I think that's going to be a, a critical question for Keith is, look, 99.99% Matt Luke is getting 2020 at Ole Miss. So yes. We can debate whether that uh, should happen or not. doesn't matter. He's going to be the coach. But if Joe Moorhead is let go for going 6-6 six and six and winning the Egg Bowl, that is going to be a question that is asked of Keith Carter. Uh, the, the program up the road in, in Starkville is winning the Egg Bowl. They're going to bowl games, and they've decided that that's not good enough and have moved on from their coach. Uh, the current coach that you have during his permanent tenure has gone five and seven and four and eight, and you continue to believe that he's good enough. That fair? Not sure, but it's it's going to be a question, and I think it's uh, I think it'll be a relevant thought pertaining to Ole Miss fans uh, going going forward into the season. So, Ole Miss has got to get some messaging straight. I mean, it's look if you're going to go all in on Matt Luke, then by God, you better you better be able to sell it because, frankly, it's it's kind of a tough sell for Ole Miss fans right now uh, to to see a team that. Frankly, probably should have won more games than what it did. And if you go over there to Starville and get beat, and then they fire their coach, man, it's it's a tough look. I'll just be honest. That's why Matt Luke really needs to win this Egg Bowl. But it's sad that this game has become so important for these programs when not even five years ago, this game was deciding which Access Bowl both of these programs were going to. Yeah, four years ago they played a game where some the winner went to Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And now, 
They're competing for what? Pride? I'm a big and fan in not are. only moving the Egg Bowl off of Thanksgiving, but de-emphasizing the Egg Bowl. You and I disagree on this, but this is where I stand. If Ole Miss wins, great. If you want to celebrate with the trophy, great. But next year, I know the SEC sets the schedule, but get that game moved up to like the fourth game of the year. It was comical, comical to read. And God bless Parrish Offord, good friend, love him to death. But to read Greg Sankey's words saying he hopes for a kinder, gentler Egg Bowl this year. Man, it's like you forgot your lack of leadership in Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case. Mike Slive would have never allowed immunity interviews. He would have said to the NCAA, okay, guys, you got your pound of flesh, the first in a way, that's enough. But Greg Sankey, yeah. because he sat on his hands, allowed these two schools to effectively obliterate each other. So you can't now come out yeah. and say, oh, kinder, gentler. Sankey's like the dude in high school that like instigates the fight. And then when everybody gets in trouble, he just talks about he, he wishes everybody would stop fighting. He's the guy that just stirs up drama and then walks away like nothing happened. Like you said, uh, the Egg Bowl's been reduced to a five and seven and or yeah, a five and six and four and 17. I can't even get the record straight. I get where you're coming from and de-emphasizing it. My, my argument would be is in a sport that doesn't have professional sports, I don't think you can de-emphasize it to the point that that it's not going to be hate-filled and kind of vitriolic. I just kind of think it is what it is at this point, regardless of how you handle it. There's no excitement, at least I don't feel any excitement, going into this game. All it is is a bowl for the trolls on Twitter. That's it. There are a lot of Mississippi State trolls that are just itching to type out hate to any Ole Miss person should Mississippi State win. After the Memphis game, Ole Miss lost to Memphis on Saturday. We'll talk about it in just a little bit. I put out a tweet. What did Ole Miss learn? It was a story link from its loss to Memphis. And then a subsequent tweet that said, I learned that Memphis really wants this to be a rivalry. Just as Ole Miss so badly wants LSU to acknowledge them as a rival. Look, Ole Miss and LSU historically are rivals. But LSU does not take Ole Miss seriously. Let's be honest. Just as Ole Miss does not take Memphis seriously, Ole Miss is never going to acknowledge that rivalry. LSU left the trophy on the field in the Magnolia Bowl. They don't care. They have bigger aspirations than beating Ole Miss. They left the boot on the field against Arkansas. They have bigger aspirations than beating Arkansas. I do wonder, LSU has beaten Ole Miss and and Arkansas, I guess, three and four times in a row. I think it would take something like that to de-escalate this where there's just a clear side in this rivalry that's better as long as it's alternating like it is i mean ben nobody's won this thing more than two years in a row since i think 11 as long as this thing's alternating like it is i just kind of think it is what it is i mean when each team has a real chance to win uh it's going to be it's going to be vengeful and it's going to be vitriolic and it just is going to it's going to be what it is now if somebody takes off on a five and six year winning streak then it might die down a little bit i agree But this game means nothing outside of this little pocket of the rivalry in Mississippi. For everyone else that's going to be eating Thanksgiving dinner, it's going to be background noise. A nice little thing to watch and glare out every once in a while. Maybe the Falcons and Saints play. Never mind then. (laughs) It'll only be that for the college football purists who say the NFL sucks. This game meant something in 2014. What does it mean in 2019? Was all of this worth it? Steve Robertson, who drives a metallic gray Ford Mustang with the plate that says Wild Side on it. Was it worth it to you? Your Stark villain shirt, your stupid book, was it worth it? 
because now your program doesn't matter either. Oh, wait, are you so concerned or were you so concerned with taking Ole Miss down? You didn't care if Mississippi State went down with you. Yeah, you wanted to murder Ole Miss, but if the end result was a murder-suicide, so be it. Well, congratulations. How much do I have to pay you to uh, wear a Starkvillian shirt to uh, to Dave Swade on Thursday night? There's very little I wouldn't do for money, so <laughs> 250 bucks. I think we can uh, get the GoFundMe going, get you up in the press box. I think people would pay to see that. I yeah. would. I mean, I had a Mississippi State fan, as, before I went off on this tangent here, a Mississippi State fan after the Memphis game, when I tweeted out that link in that subsequent tweet, and I said, Ole Miss doesn't consider Memphis a rivalry. He said, oh, yeah, 0-2 this year. It's not much of a rivalry. Like, Why are you even paying attention to that? <sighs> oh, because Ole Miss is the only thing you care about. And it's not all Mississippi State people. I'm doing no. a joint Egg Bowl podcast with Brian Haydad. We do it every single year. It'll go live on Thanksgiving. I love Brian Haydad. He's a good dude. He loves State. Hates Ole Miss. We coexist. I don't really care who wins the game on Thursday. The only thing I care about is the game mattering again. I've seen many Egg Bowls where it didn't matter, but it's sad that this one doesn't matter considering not too long ago how big of a deal it was. It's going to take a while to get back to that level if it ever does. I mean, I don't think uh, either coach is the guy that's going to lead Ole Miss or uh, Mississippi State back to where they were in 2014 and 2015. So uh, for a minute, I mean, people forget this was the game of the week in 2014 when Mississippi State strolled into Oxford. I mean, it was on CBS at 2.30 and everybody watched. Um, and now you might get a few people that won't watch Saints Falcons and, and watch this. Isn't that another reason to get off Thanksgiving, by the way, is back when it used to be on Thanksgiving, there was no NFL games and now yeah. there's like five NFL games. You don't want to compete with the NFL, period. Maybe that's their trick. They they hide the brawl and uh, you know, when everybody's watching the NFL games, they hide this, you know, drunken brawl between Ole Miss and State on another channel. Oy. We'll get right back to Colin Brister. Let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Don't look now, but the holiday season is almost upon us. That special time of year to spend with family and friends, and that includes spoiling your loved ones. And what better way to spoil them than with a new car? Now, the car buying process, no one loves it. That's why the only place to go, the only place I've ever gone, is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Sinatobia, Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And that means you can expect to learn all of the features of the specific new Ram 1500, 2500, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, Dodge Charger, or Chrysler Pacifica you're interested in in the market for a used car. Their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory. And when the time comes for you to drive home your next car, their auto finance team is standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. Alan Samuels of Oxford truly has every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how they can best serve you. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. This game, man. You know what's the worst nightmare for Ole Miss? 
it feels like Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State are headed towards a divorce. If that's the case, the worst case scenario for Ole Miss, they hire Mike Norvell, a Billy Napier, two guys that would be perfect scheme fits for Ole Miss. Now, I think Mike Norvell's shooting higher. He's a candidate for Arkansas. He's from there, I think Central Arkansas, but I don't think he's their top candidate. Would he take Mississippi State? Would that be a step up enough for him from Memphis? But Billy Napier, that could be a candidate for you if Matt Luke doesn't work out. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. But if Mississippi State and Joe Moorhead split, Mississippi State goes and hires a Billy Napier and he succeeds, that's another worst-case scenario for Ole Miss because they're saying, we expect more. How do you sell that if you're Keith Carter? Worst-case scenario for Ole Miss, you've got to now go sell against that and your fans are going to be even more pissed. It's supposed to be little brother is going for it more than you are or is showing a different commitment than you are. And that's why, again, the Egg Bowl is so important. If he loses it, you've gone 6-6, six and 5-7, six, and 4-8. and eight. Full stop. Like I said before, Matt Luke's getting 20-20, chance. I do think there is a world where winning on Thursday helps him a lot going into 2020 because I think if you lose on Thursday and, buddy, you go to Houston and get popped by Baylor and you come home and you get popped by Auburn, you might not see October. The Baylor game is far more important than the Egg Bowl Oh, God, yes. Yeah. You go to Baylor and get your ass kicked? You come home against Auburn, who I don't really see much reason you'd beat Auburn. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you're getting on a bus to go uh, to Vanderbilt. I'm going to ask Keith Carter about his overall outlook or how he'll approach 2020. I don't want to spoil anything. I know what he says, but I'm not going to spoil anything. But that's an interesting question. After the Egg Bowl, you can ask Keith Carter. You can ask Matt Luke. What do you believe the leash is for Matt Luke in 2020 if he loses the Egg Bowl? But even if he wins it, what's the leash? If he wins on Thursday, but then goes and gets his ass kicked against Baylor and then gets his ass kicked against Auburn... Did anything really change? But I want to say and put it on record one last time. Keith Carter was the in-house hire, the third straight in-house hire after three, quote, national searches. But of those three in-house hires, he is far more qualified than the previous two, and it sucks that he's going to be a victim of the same kind of process, being the last one in the process to get hired. Because I think he's going to be a good AD. I'm absolutely with you. I mean, Keith's worked towards this for 10 years since he took over at the business school uh, in 2009. I think he he's has a plan. I'll say this. I think there was actually more of a national process in this search than there were the previous two searches. I'd agree. They were impressed by the Temple dude, but Keith was the best candidate they thought of the entire pool. And that was my whole concern was process. If you get to the end of the process and Keith is the best candidate and you hire him, okay. And that's what the committee felt it did. Okay. They talked to the dude at Louisiana Tech. They talked to the dude at Temple. The Temple guy made a hell of an impression. That was probably the number two in this process behind Keith. But when you looked at all the candidates, what stood out about Keith? Well, he did have a lot of strengths. He's a great fundraiser. That six-month run as the interim was a big deal. This place continued to operate functionally. Matt Luke is putting everything he has into Ole Miss football. But we're not talking about whether or not he cares, or whether or not Matt Luke wants to win at Ole Miss. We all know he wants that. We're talking about qualifications and results. And Keith's going to be judged the exact same way. But the results in his six months, I would argue, already trump whatever Matt's done. And I'm going to tell you this, this transfer portal is a problem. And we'll talk more about it after we talk to Keith, but there's some big names out there, and if they hit the portal because they're upset, 
it's going to get even worse. Fan apathy, yeah. fan anger, even worse. Keith Carter's going to be challenged. Keith actually did a lot of stuff over his six months. It wasn't just a quiet six months. No. You got the Mike Smith situation. You, you don't extend Mike Bianco. He gets alcohol into the stadium when, frankly, there was a lot of pushback on that. That um, does not need to be taken lightly. People, you need to understand something. You might go, oh, well, I mean, that's not a big deal. No, that get, that was a fight. That was a yeah, fight. That was a dog fight. <laughs> yeah, because Keith Carter and Ross Bjork, both when they knew alcohol was coming, they put in the proper paperwork to make sure that Ole Miss could hit the ground running. They said, we want beer. We want alcohol. We got to have it. But there was pushback all over the place in this town. And Keith still got it in time for a number of football games. And that is a big deal because of all the hurdles he had to jump just to get that to be done for this season. I never thought there would be alcohol for football games. I always expected it to be in place by the SEC basketball season. That's a win. And a credit to Keith Carter and his personality to be able to go out there and convince people why this is the right move for Ole Miss. The jury is completely out on Glenn Boyce. Matt Luke, it's not trending in the right direction. We'll see. And it's not personal. You and I have said that countless times about Matt Luke. It's not personal. I hope he wins every single game he coaches at Ole Miss. I think he's a great dude. I don't question his motivations. I hope he wins. But so far, the results are what they are. The results are oriented business when you're paying $3.5 million to to coach football. Um, So it is what it is. It's going to be a fascinating few months from a contract perspective from him and how that, you know, impacts recruiting. That's the, you know, we talk about, you know, his future. That's what I'm most interested in going forward is how this contract thing gets played out. And I don't think we'll know for a little while. Those those things tend to linger past the, obviously, football season. So I'm fascinated how that kind of plays into things. Don't forget, AK was offered by Jeffrey Vitter a rollover his contract, but the buyout was going to be zero. And AK said, hell no. No. <laughs> Either fire me or roll my contract over. They didn't fire him. They kept him. He was gone in February of the next year. Keith Carter, what do you do? Do you try to do a similar thing with Matt Luke? You either roll over his contract or you fire him. And if you roll over the contract, you're already concerned about the money. Do you try to negotiate something about the buyout? He's got a big old buyout right now. In total, if you fire this whole staff right now, it's going to cost you $17 million. It'll go down with McIntyre and Rodriguez after next year, but still. Yeah, it's a lot. I will say it's good news that Derek Mason is staying at Vanderbilt, not for the obvious that Ole Miss will possibly have another win over Vanderbilt, but <laughs> Mike McIntyre would have been a real candidate at Vanderbilt. Having him back is a big deal. Rich Rod, he's going to be back. I have my doubts about whether he'll ever succeed here. I've voiced my opinion that they need to hire a quarterback's coach. I could see a path towards Ole Miss having what would be deemed a successful season next year. What does success mean to you? Success is relative. Six and six, some would say that's successful enough. I would argue it's not. Not I when agree. you went five and seven, then five and seven or four and eight, and then six and six. You have yeah. real generational talent on campus. Honest to God, Jerrion Ely is an NFL running back. That kid's yeah. a monster. John Rice Plumley, say what you want about his passing ability. I believe with a true quarterback's coach, John Rice Plumley could be Johnny Football light, a poor man's Johnny Football. I'm not sure. saying Johnny Manziel. I'm saying a poor man's Johnny Manziel. <laughs> okay. He's got a better ranking across the board as far as pro football focus than Bo Nix, and no one's criticizing Bo Nix all that much. You know he's ranked higher in PFF than Shea Patterson? Sean Patterson was pissed. Let's be real. I had somebody 
ask on the board on Monday, the Ole Miss Spirit message board. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. I wonder what Ole Miss's record would be if Shea was still the quarterback. Maybe they beat Memphis. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I'll listen. Yeah. But come on. John Rice Plumley has not been the problem. No. Rich Rodriguez has been the problem. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to one Keith Carter. No longer the interim athletics director at Ole Miss. Now he's got the full-time gig. But before we get to Keith Carter, let me tell you about the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and Cheney's Pharmacy. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern. Open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot, the only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-thru, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line, it's no longer interim. It's the full-time athletics director, Keith Carter. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm good, man. So it's Monday as we record this. Have you slowed down at all since you were named the full-time AD? Uh, not really. You know, Friday, Friday was such a whirlwind, and, and I was such a, a great day and a fun day and had so much support and, and, you know, people reaching out and all that, so it was great. But then Saturday morning, we got up early and flew to Indiana and watched our men's and women's cross-country teams run and uh, got back just in time to Oxford to catch about the last seven minutes of the men's basketball game. So, uh, and then yesterday afternoon, got a little bit of downtime, but obviously this morning it's been, uh, it's been full go. What was the search process like for you? 
it, there was a lot of anxiety there, Ben. You know, it was one of those things <laughs> where you, you feel like you're in a good position because, you know, I, I've obviously had the opportunity to be interim and have been able to, to put some, some good work in, you know, hopefully in, in, the, in the five or six months that we had. But uh, at the same time, you know, they formed the committee and, and you don't know when you're going to interview and, and all those things. And then you get that news and, and you go interview. And I felt great about the interview. I felt like it went well and, you know, felt like I hit all the, the points that I wanted to. And uh, But you just never know. And then, you know, you go the whole week and you don't hear a whole lot. And then, and then finally, you know, Thursday night, get, get the meeting with the chancellor and, and find the news out. And obviously we were very excited and, and look forward to this awesome opportunity. So when you're doing your pitch to this committee, all of which are people you know, be it David Morris, Wesley Walls, Mike Glenn, you know all these people. What do you got to sell them? What do you got to pitch to them as the long-term vision of Keith Carter's athletics director? What do you say to them? Well, you know, I think I think they certainly, you know, knew me. They know my work ethic. They they know that I've I've worked my way up, you know, here at Ole Miss, and and it worked really with with all of them at times on different things. Um, and so they they kind of know me and, and know who I am. But I think you know I had to talk to them about you know my perceived lack of experience. You know, some and some of the other candidates were were actually sitting ads. I had not sat in that chair permanently, you know, in, in the past. So I had to talk to them about that and and just how I was going to overcome that, and, and just talked a lot about how. You know, I've been preparing for this role for, for 10 or 11 years here at Ole Miss, and I felt like that experience maybe, you know, gave me even more experience than someone who'd been sitting in the chair for a couple of years at, you know, another school. So just felt like I was a good fit here and that, that I had, you know, kind of a, you know, a, the pulse of everything and that, that I knew, you know, where we needed to go and, and we could get, you know, hit the ground running and, and, and really get after it. But, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, just different things. And, and I think that, like I said, I was able to, to kind of give an opening statement and, and you know, wanted to get some points across there, but then, you know, they hit me with a lot of, a lot of hard questions and, and a lot of, you know, uh, deep questions, but felt like I did well. And, and certainly, you know, having the experience and having been here at Ole Miss and in the trenches certainly helps. What is your gauge of the pulse on Ole Miss right now? Well, you know, obviously, and, and I mentioned this a little bit in my, in my press conference, you know, we, we've got to get out in front of people. I think that's going to be one of the most important things is we've got to get out there. We've got to be visible um, you know, I think our folks are looking for somebody that's going to come out and, and be real and be honest and be transparent. And that's really the only way I know to be, you know, sometimes to a fault. I think I, I, I'll get, you know, put things out there that maybe I shouldn't at times. But, you know, for me, I, I want people to know that I have the best interest of Ole Miss at heart. I'm going to I'm going to make every decision uh, that's going to be in the best interest uh, you know, of this of this department and this university. And so I've got to get out there and, and you know, we, we've got to candidly win some people back. You know, for for whatever reason, you know, it's been a four or five year period here where we've just had, you know, so so much negativity, and I think for us, you know, we've got to get out and we gotta we gotta talk about the future. We gotta talk about, you know, getting away from some of that negativity and and, and bringing everybody back in into the fold. So, you know, I said it you know, before. I, I've been here a long time. I've been here really 25 years involved with Ole Miss, and when we've been really good, you know, we've had a, a really streamlined uh, donor base and fan base. Everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. Um, but I know it's not as easy as that, but we, we've got to get out and, and get people back, you know, pulling that rope in the same direction and, and, and wanting Ole Miss to, to be great. What I've always liked about you coming on this podcast and just our general conversations with each other in passing is we can talk frankly to each other and ask each other frank questions. So I'm going to ask you a frank question. You made a hard decision with Mike Bianco. You didn't roll over the contract. You cited, got to get to Omaha. Omaha's the goal. Now the Egg Bowl's coming up on Thursday. Matt Luke went six and six his first year, five and seven second. I don't want to play the hypothetical game, but is there a result in that egg bowl that could lead you to make a decision like you did with Mike to where you don't roll over the contract or do something with Matt Luke? Because fair or not, I think we can both acknowledge that 
for much of the fan base, Matt Luke is a divisive figure right now. You know, I, I think, Ben, you've got to look at every program uh, individually. You know, and I think we have a standard. We're going to have a standard with Ole Miss Athletics that we want to finish, you know, top half of our league. That, that should be a minimum goal every year in every sport is we want to finish in the top half of our league. And I think that's very attainable. Um, but I think also, you know, we've got to look at each, at each program individually and, and kind of where they are in their program, you know, what the resources look like, all of those different things. And in, in given years, Ben, we want to win championships. You know, we, we can do that. We've done that in, in men's cross country this year. We won an SEC championship. Last year we won an SEC championship in, in women's golf. You know, we have opportunities to win championships. And I think that's from football, you know, all the way down to rifle. We want to, we want to compete for championships. But I think when you look at what we're doing in football right now, there, there's so many factors in play that, that are not in play in our other programs. I mean, when you talk about the NCAA issue that we've been through, you know, probation, lack of scholarships, just you know, negative recruiting out there on, on the recruiting trail. There, there's so many things that I think a lot of people just frankly have forgotten about. You know, you, you look across the country and there are there are programs that are struggling, uh, you know, worse than us that haven't been through anything like we've been through. And so I think you've got to look at each program individually. And certainly we're going to hold, hold each program to a high standard. You know, this is the SEC. We have great resources. You know, we have the opportunity to compete at a very high level. And that's going to be the expectation. So, you know, for me, as I said in the press conference, Coach Luke is our coach. We're excited about the direction of the program. Uh, would we have liked to have won a few more games this year? 100%. Matt Luke would be the first person to tell you that. But, you know, this is a, another opportunity, our, our 12th opportunity this year, you know, down in Starkville. We look forward to that. And then we'll we'll move into recruiting or, or potentially, you know, a 5-7 and seven bowl game. But uh, we're going we're gonna to look at each program. We're going to evaluate. But I just think with football right now, we've got to give them some more time, you know, keep stacking these recruiting classes on top of each other. And eventually, you know, things are going to start to turn our way. What becomes, though, your assessment of football to next year? If all of the slate has been wiped clean, now that you're the AD, you're the guy, how do you evaluate then 2020 and what you want to see progress-wise in order to get the success that you expect and the championships that you think Ole Miss athletically across the board can attain? Well, that's a great question. And that's, that's something that Matt and I will sit down, you know, after the season and we'll, we'll talk about, you know, next year, how, how do we make the program better? How do we get over the hump in some of these 50, 50 games that we just, you know, weren't able to do this year. And so those are things we'll evaluate. And, you know, again, I, I'm going to bet that, that coach Luke is going to be his hardest critic. You know, he's going to, he's going to self-evaluate. He's going to look at himself. He's going to look at the program and look at who we're recruiting, who we're playing, all of those factors uh, and do everything in his power to, to get us over that hump. So, you know, certainly we want to win. Uh, you know, I've been quoted as saying that, you know, Matt Luke has, has checked every single box that there is, um, except for the win-loss column. Well, we know that this is a win-loss business, and we got to get there, and, and he expects that, we expect that. And, uh, you know, next year is going to be a, a big year, but I, I'm very confident that we're going to go into next year with a lot, a lot of confidence, and, and we're going to go in there with another recruiting class stacked on top of this great freshman class that's had a, a tremendous year, um, and I see really positive things next year. You've always been renowned as a top-level fundraiser. You've been able to get in the room with big-money donors, whoever it might be, and sell them on a vision for Ole Miss. Now that you're the athletics director, that should only help you, but when you're trying to sell lack of success in, let's be honest, the most important sport on campus and win people back, like you said, is the goal, what do you say to them? How do you try to win that back and get attendance, which has been an issue, back to where you want it? 
Well, we have to, we, again, we have to get in front of people. We have to be visible, you know, whether that's a one-on-one meeting, whether that's meeting with 10 people over, you know, a, a lunch break, uh, you know, hundreds of people. We, we've got to get in front of people and we got to talk about you know, the, the great things that are going on in our department and, and in our programs. And, you know, certainly football is, is the one that's the most visible. And, and I think that, you know, there'll be a lot of conversations around that. But, you know, there's so many other things that are going on as well. You know, we're, we're looking at potentially you know, doing some renovations to our softball stadium. Uh, you know, there's some other things out there that we're looking at as well. So, you know, I think when you get to fundraising and, and you know, friend raising, if you will, they're, they're, it's all about relationships. And so I think just getting in front of them, you know, getting some of our coaches in front of them, talking about the student athletes and, and their experience and the things that we need to provide for them. You know, I think there's so many things that we can talk about, you know, besides just the wins and losses of our football program. Um, so we'll do that. We'll get out in front of them. And, you know, like I said, in, in my press conference, that's really the only way I know to do things is being out in front of people and building relationships. And, you know, I look forward to doing that, you know, even more as the AD. How much does funds play into decisions such as the football staff, whatever, making those type of big money decisions? Because like you mentioned, the NCAA six year colonoscopy zapped Ole Miss of not only a bunch of money that it raised for particular projects or whatever, but the emergency fund as well. So just when you're making those big ticket decisions, money has to play into it as well, right? It does, Ben. But I think what you got to evaluate first and foremost is just, you know, is your program healthy? You know, is your program in good shape? And, it, you know, is your, is your team responding to your coach? Is recruiting going well? You know, a lot of those things. And I, I think if, if, if you look at all those things and, and the answer is no, then you, you probably have to figure out, you know, what's the best thing to do. And, and really at that point, you kind of have to figure out the finances because if you stick in a, in a situation like that for too long, then finances are going to become an issue from the other side, from a revenue side, you know, without selling tickets and those type of things. So um, I think evaluating your programs is so important and making sure that, that you're constantly doing that. Um, but, you know, yeah, we have been hit pretty hard the last two or three, four years, you know, with some of this revenue loss and, and different things there. So, it's going to be really nice to get back to a full budget from the SEC and, and be able to kind of function from that standpoint. But, you know, for us, I, I would hope I could always say that, you know, we would never let lack of finances or, or financial issues that, that we've been through because of some of the NCAA stuff. You know, if, if we needed to make a change, if we needed to do something there, you know, we would we would find a way to do that. Okay, so how do you prioritize projects? I know that basketball would like a new weight room in the TUI Center. And there are other issues like with track and field or whatever, where you've got these different projects at hand that you have to deal with. How do you go about prioritizing? Well, I, I think the main thing is you, you have to look at, at kind of what you've done in the past. You know, where, where are we with, with what we've done for each of these programs? Um, you know, I think, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're being efficient and, and, and cost effective and, and certainly a good steward of, of the fundraised dollars that you have. Um, and I think for us, obviously, we, we've put about, you know, 90-something million into the basketball programs with the Pavilion, you know, over the past five or six years. We've done some work over at TUI, uh, and we'll continue to do that. You know, we're looking at some stuff for football right now. Obviously, we're doing a, a track locker room for a couple million dollars that will be really cool for our track student-athletes. Um, but, you know, you look at, look at a, a venue like softball that really hasn't been touched in a, in a very long time. And so I think you've got to do the best thing that you can to touch all of our sports. I think that was what, what was great about the four together campaign and kind of the vision for that is it really touched just about every one of our sports. You know, if you, if you consider what we did over at the Gillum center, um, you know, obviously with baseball and, and basketball and in football. So, 
you know, it's one of those that, um, that we feel very good about, but, you know, we'll continue to look at that. And, and, you know, I don't think we have any major, major projects that are coming up, you know, anything in the 10, 20, $30 million range, but I feel like we've got some of these like two to $10 million type projects, you know, that will be coming, uh, coming through the, through the pipe here over the next, you know, three to five years. What's the latest with Mike Smith and what is a culture audit? We'll get right back to Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, after this brief word from Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. Well, so we're, we're, we're working on this. It's something that we, we felt like we had to do based on some information that we got um, and, and needed a third party to come in and basically just evaluate the program, kind of where it is. Uh, we hope to have the report on that here in the coming days, and, and then we'll move forward, you know, in the appropriate manner. But, uh, you know, we're always going to make sure that we do what we have to do to make sure our student-athletes are in the best possible position, and uh, this is something that we felt like we had to do. From an AD standpoint, and I'm sorry I'm jumping all over the place, but when I got Keith on the phone, I was like, I got a lot of questions. They're all just going to come to me rapid fire. You know me. I don't prepare all that well. I'm stupid like that. All good. But the transfer portal, you've already had a couple of football – well, not you, but Ole Miss has already had a couple of football players enter the portal. Another one entered on Monday. What role, if any, does an AD play dealing with the transfer portal? What assistance can you provide? Do you provide any for Matt Luke as he tries to wade through those waters, if you will? Well, it's not just Matt Luke. I mean, that's the one that gets the most, you know, publicity. But you know, we got other sports that are going into the portal as well from time to time. And, and you know, I'm, I'm here to, you know, assist the coach, assist the student athlete as much as possible. You know, a lot of times, you know, not involved real heavily on in, in that. But you know, certainly, you know, there's decisions about financial aid and, and what you do there um, that we discuss. But you know, the, the portal is an interesting thing. You know, I think that certainly it was it was put in place to, to, to help the student athlete and give them an opportunity. But I think, again, there's so many unintended consequences of, of what it has become. I think sometimes student athletes don't understand that just because they're in the portal, you know, it doesn't mean they can play next year. You know, it, a lot of times, most of the time, it means they're going to have to sit out a year. And I think sometimes they're misinformed on some of that stuff. Um, so I think there's some more education around the portal and you know, I think as the AD, you, you want to do everything you can to support your coaches and help them with their roster management. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're here for students, so we want to make sure that, that they're in the best possible light as well. What's your relationship like with Greg Sankey? It's good. It's good. You know, I think I've known Greg for, for a long time, uh, and obviously in the last six months, you know, Greg has, has been good to me. Uh, he was actually in Jackson last week for the, uh, the SEC office presentation down there and, and we had a good conversation but uh he's been good i look forward to uh, continuing the race relationship with him and, and others over at the sec office and you know i think for Ole miss it's important that we have a good relationship there and uh that we continue to be you know good 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 members of uh of the sec the reason i ask that is because when you go to 
um, the AD meetings, for example, in Destin or the SEC meetings, whatever you want to call them, in Destin in the spring, you've been there, you sat at the table, but as the interim, even though Larry Sparks said, Keith, you got full autonomy to do what you got to do, but now do you feel like you can have a bigger voice in the room? Like, how can you command that now, now that the interim tag has been removed? Well, last year, literally, it was my first day on the job. I, mean, I was in Destin when I found out that I was going to the interim. So, what, what a way, yeah, what a way set, to jump into it, I, huh? Yeah, I kind of sat in the corner and, and, and learned a lot, you know, that those three or four days. But, you know, I think, um, Ben, it's it's good because I do have a great relationship with, with folks over there. Obviously, Charlie Hussey is a, a great friend. We were in college here at Ole Miss together. Uh, and I think the other thing that's that's interesting is I've become really good friends with a lot of the other ADs. Alan Green's one of my best friends in the world. He's at Auburn. You know, some of the others have, have been great. And, and I think as you build that kind of camaraderie around the table, you become much more, you know, uh, ready to, 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 you know, be vocal and, and do those type of things. So, you know, Ole Miss needs a, a prominent seat at that table. And, and I look forward to, you know, being that, that person and, and certainly fighting for Ole Miss. You know, I think that, that uh, the league has done a great job with the way they distribute revenue and the way that they, you know, they try to do things to, to benefit every member institution. Um, but at times, you know, schools like Ole Miss, they, they need a strong voice and, and they need people to stand up for them. And, and that's something that I look forward to doing. Look, it's no secret. I've been on this podcast saying that I thought you would be a great AD, that you'd be a great fit if you were the hire. I know this is a job that you've wanted. This is the dream job. I mean, you're running Ole Miss sports for Christ's sake. So this is a big deal to you. But on the other end of that, what do you say to the critics out there about how Ole Miss has now run three, quote, national searches and hired in-house? Well, the first thing I would say is that, um, you know, I, I went through this search just like everybody else. And, and I didn't sleep at night and I prepared and, you know, wore my suit to the to the to the interview just like everybody else. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you're not you know, wearing almost pullover, right? Yeah. No, no, it, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of, of, of long nights and, and, you know, um, from, from my wife and I and my family. And so, you know, we, we went through the process just like everyone else. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's hard for me to say, and, and I'm, I'm kind of a results driven person and, and, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. You know, that, that's really all I can say right now. I intend to work hard and tirelessly and do everything I possibly can to help Ole Miss Athletics be the best that it can be and you know i think for for folks that want to you know want to you know judge me now they, they can but i would prefer that they give me a year or two and, and judge me then you know and, and and by the results that that happen so uh, i'm excited about the opportunity ben I, I you know i understand that you know there's some some negativity out there about the internal hire but you know i can promise you i'll give everything i can and and hopefully folks will reserve judgment for for a later date you unpacked your office from the tad pad a long time ago, right? Like the the office of the AD, you've already got all your stuff moved in, right? Well, it's one of those where you, you kind of have stuff in both. And so now <laughs> uh, my, my uh, executive assistant, Catherine Thornton, has been so excited, you know, because now she can come help me get my, my new office all ready and finished go. and all of that. So it's going to be good. And, and I, I have been functioning out of, out of this office in Maine Athletics really the whole time. Uh, and now we'll just be able to, make it feel a little more homey and, and uh, make it mine. That's for sure. Hey, whenever you need somebody to go out there and raise money to blow up the tad pad, hey, I'm your guy, okay? I'm, I'm the one that can help you. <laughs> All right? I love the tad pad. It was great. I was there for many a game, but, you know. Um, last one, and then I'll let you go. Where are you in the process of hiring your number two? That's going to be first priority, and I've actually been working uh, kind of behind the scenes on, on some folks and some names and, and, and putting some information together. You know, I, I would love in a perfect world to have that person hired so that they could start maybe right after the Christmas break. 
uh, maybe you're the first of January and, and we could, we could get that done. So I want to move quickly there. That's an important position, you know, a deputy AD really for external affairs and, uh, you know, somebody that will oversee marketing and communications and productions and, and a lot of our external units. So very, very important hire and uh, want to get that one right for sure. But it, it'll be great to, to get back to full staff. You know, we've been functioning kind of on a skeleton crew here and, and I, I really you know, tried to, to praise our staff during my press conference because they've been they've been so good. Our staff has been awesome along the way, and, and uh, I look forward to getting back to full staff and, and functioning, you know, at a really high level. Couldn't be happy for you, my friend. I appreciate your candidness and for coming on and doing this. Best of luck out there. I know you're busy, and we'll talk again. Thanks, man. Talk soon. That was newly minted Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Colin Brister's in the guest co-host chair. If you didn't know by now, Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Back with me now on Talk of Champions is Colin Brister. My thanks to Keith Carter, now full-time Ole Miss Athletics Director. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's at Colin Brister on Twitter. I'm at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, please leave that five-star review. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Ole Miss basketball dropped its first game of the year at number 16 Memphis on Saturday. Make no mistake, Memphis has more high-end talent, NBA talent, than Ole Miss. But there isn't this huge disparity in the caliber of roster that Memphis has compared to Ole Miss. There's really not. Yes, they have the number one overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, James Wiseman on the bench. They're loaded up with four and five stars. But the rosters, as a whole, not all that far off from each other. So with that caveat in mind, what I'm about to say isn't going to sound all that insane. Ole Miss beat itself on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I was sitting there courtside watching it the whole time. Brian started three for four from the field, was one for his next 12. He has a bad habit of allowing his offense, if it isn't working, to sink into or bleed into other parts of his game. And defensively, just time and again, same with Devontae, who didn't handle the full-court pressure of Memphis, which they brought on from tip-off, didn't handle it well. Both of those guys allowed those struggles to bleed into their defense to where they weren't the last line of defense like they were supposed to be. So routinely, over and over again, Memphis got behind them for easy baskets in transition. That is the point of emphasis. Kermit Davis would tell you they drill getting back in transition more than any other team in college basketball. And I don't know if I don't believe him because I've seen it. They focus on it so much, and yet Memphis constantly beat them in transition. They want to run. That's what they want to do. Ole Miss asks a lot of Devontae Shuler and Brian Tyree, especially in big games. The two league guards that were supposed to help them carry them in this game, they fell apart. And that resulted in Ole Miss having to rally back from 16 points. If Blake Henson wasn't there, they'd probably lose by 10, if not more. 
there's some good and there's some bad. I mean, obviously, look, you lose by one to a top 15, 16 Memphis team on the road where Brian and Devontae just really don't give you much at all. Um, and in the same vein, you probably win the basketball game if you don't turn it over and don't, don't get straight line drives run right by you. What I'm worried about is I think teams guard Brian a little bit differently now that Terrence Davis isn't there at the three. Let's just keep it real. His offense hasn't been great over the first four or five games of the season. And Ole Miss needs Brian Tyree uh, to be dynamic on the offensive end of the floor if they're going to get to the level they want to. And and for whatever reason, it's just not happening right now. Do I think it eventually happens? Yeah, I do. But I think there's legitimate concern about his ability, his ability so far in putting the ball in the bucket. Um, and that would be my biggest worry from uh, from the FedEx Forum on Saturday. I was wrong about something. Maybe Kermit Davis learned this on Saturday. But I was wrong. He does not prefer a lineup of Brian Devante, Luis Rodriguez, KJ Buffett at the five, and Blake Kinson at the four. Blake Kinson is 226 pounds, the yep. lightest he's ever been in his playing career. Blake Kinson cannot hold up at the four with KJ at the five and bang with the best bigs in the country. Precious absolutely feasted. Now he's a potential one and done, but Hadim C only played four minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. KJ Buffett played only six minutes in the second half because he fouled out. Still had 13-6 and six despite not playing 14 minutes in the second half. K.J. Buffin and Hadim C. have to be on the floor. They give you a different presence at the rim. Hadim in the second half, once he was actually in the game, going against Precious, three for five from the field, nine points, and got six rebounds. I think Kermit prefers a lineup of Brian, Devante, Blake at the three, and KJ at the four and Hadim C at the five. That's the best lineup. I think he learned that in real time because three times I counted it in the first half. He tried the lineup I described previously with Luis at the three and Hadim out. And they got absolutely whipped in the front court. But the issue here is Kermit Davis has not been afforded the opportunity to have Hadim C and KJ Buffin on the floor together for extended minutes because both of them keep getting in foul trouble. He needs those guys on the floor together and not fouling. And KJ's been having trouble with fouling since he got here. In 15 of 33 games for him last year, he got at least three fouls. Three times he fouled out. He's already fouled out twice in five games. And a lot of them are ticky-tack fouls. Stupid fouls. He said after the fourth game of the year, it's just dumb fouls. A couple of times he got fouled and he thought, I'm going to foul these guys back. You're hurting your team. And that's a maturity thing we got to remember, KJ's a sophomore. A lot of the players they're playing are freshmen and sophomores. But I think Memphis was a good litmus test and not playing very well at all. Ole Miss only lost by one. 87-86, to 86, you were down 16, and you battled back. Now, Memphis can take from this that even without James Wiseman on the floor, they're still really good. But now yeah. you know why Ole Miss was so desperate to get DJ Jeffries. And he would be in Ole Miss trouble, but his dad wouldn't let him. <laughs> Yeah, he's a player, man. I feel like Ole Miss could have made a spot for him. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, the the they can't really afford to go uh, Blake at the four and and KJ at the five unless you know they just get deep into foul trouble like they did on Saturday. I just don't think that's sustainable. It feels more and more like as this season goes on that Hadim C is what's going to make this team go. Either that I think either he produces and this team could be a Sweet Sixteen team or. He struggles, and this team may be on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. I think this season and, and how he plays is, is going to be the, the focal point of how this team ends up, along with if Brian's able to get it going on offense. But I, I feel fairly confident that he will. I don't disagree. I think Hadim C is the linchpin. 
Last yep. year was Devontae Shuler. If anything happens to Devontae, they just weren't going to be able to go. That's why when he got hurt, they were so scared. But I think they can compensate to a point if they lost Devontae. They did it on Saturday. Bryce Williams played well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when KJ's not on the floor, it's different. In his 14 minutes, they were divvied up between Sammy Hunter and Antavian Collum. Sammy Hunter, he had his moments. He's a true freshman that got here in August. Antavian Collum, he had his moments. Still not big enough to handle guys like Precious in the post. But he got six minutes. Sammy got eight. It hurts your team, KJ, when you're not on the floor. Those 14 minutes, who do they go to? It's not the D.C. Davis problem. And I hate bringing up D.C. like this. I really do. Because he's such a good dude. He played his guts out. He was so important. But... Had Devontae gone down, D.C. Davis was going to be their point guard last year. This year, if he goes down, it could be Bryce Williams. It could be Brian running the point. They have options at point guard. And maybe Franco Miller, but we hadn't seen Franco. But what does it say about the status of Carlos Curry that K.J. Buffin fouls out? Hadim C. plays four minutes in the first half, and he didn't play a minute. You're supposed to be contributing right now. You're doing nothing. Those 14 minutes of K.J.'s that he missed went to Sammy and dude, not to you. Yeah, it means you better not renew your lease. <laughs> I'm mean, just keeping it real. Uh, he just doesn't trust him to put him in a basketball game right now. And, you know, you really can't blame him after the performance that, that happened against Seattle. So I, I don't think there's much to expect for him for the rest of the season. He's going to have to give him something. Or he can just fade away into obscurity. Maybe he takes the Mark Canvas Hyman route. Yeah, I was going to mention him. AK sat Marcavis Hyman down and said, look, you can come back next year, but you're not going to play. You don't have a spot anymore. Marcavis said, okay. He stayed, and he just worked his tail off, and he became one of the more valuable pieces for that team. That team wasn't very good. Yeah. But either you start now, and you bust your tail, and you get into that rotation, or at the end of the year, Kermit Davis is going to sit you down and say, look, you can stay, but this is what your role is going to be. I'm going to disagree. I don't think he, if, if he doesn't continue, I don't think he's going to tell him he can stay. Cause I feel like they, they, uh, they go, they're going to go after some people in this recruiting process. And if there's not some production in there. Somebody's got to go. Like the numbers just insinuate that there has to be attrition, right? Oh, of course. If they add anybody in the spring, they have to subtract from the roster. They have one open scholarship. Jarkel Joyner is going on scholarship at the end of the year. So let's assume he's getting Brian's scholarship. They already yeah. got to open up one spot then for Matthew Morrell. Yeah. And I know Kermit wants to go to the grad transfer market, wants to peruse all the options at his disposal in the veteran transfer market. If they find one, the right fit, Carlos, you're at the top of the list. You got to get to playing. And they don't trust you right now. Speaking of transfers, Carter Colquitt, true freshman Ole Miss offensive lineman, has entered yeah. the transfer portal. He won't be the last. I know there are a number of big names that are unhappy and that Ole Miss is going to have to do some convincing to keep. If they lose any of the big names that I've heard, and I don't want to speculate, only because it's not fair to Ole Miss, Matt Luke, those kids themselves, but if any of those big names hit the portal, who boy. Going back to the original point, if you're Keith Carter, can you still say you like the direction? I feel comfortable uh, saying that those names aren't on the defensive side of the football. I can neither confirm nor deny. That's why I say <laughs> that the Egg Bowl is a big deal. For Matt Luke, if you're going forward, pushing forward with Matt Luke, and he's getting one more year, like we all expected him to get, confirmed all the sourcing and reporting, you expected Matt Luke to get next year. That's still the plan. He has to win the Egg Bowl. Because if you win the Egg Bowl, that helps in your recruitment, not only 
of those top-ranked prospects like, for example, an Amari Thomas, four-star offensive lineman out of Briarcrest. He's announced on December 9th. But also the recruitment of your current roster. No, you're exactly right. And it, it, it's, it's a situation where you're having to recruit your own roster, uh, which is unfortunate. But that's, that's the name of the game when this transfer portal. Um, so you, you're going to have to recruit some guys that might not. You Look, there's some, there's some guys that didn't come in. You know, they didn't sign up to play in this offense that Ole Miss has developed. And, uh, you know, from just that aspect, you're going to have to recruit guys to, to stay. Because we've talked about this before. We talk about all these guys leaving and, oh, it's okay. At some point, like, it affects your depth, right? Like, you can't just continuously lose guys like Ole Miss is doing and, and be okay from a depth perspective. Exactly. We'll see what happens. The transfer portal has completely changed college football. For Ole Miss that's had its depth issues because of the NCAA, even more so. It's so Ben Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, the food of 247 Sports. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 